podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And my topic today is sense of belonging is a choice. So I wanted to talk about that feeling of belonging and how do you nurture a feeling that you belong, whether it's um, at work, you know, I remember when I first came to my pre my last job, how I did not feel like I belonged when I got there. Like I felt like a fish out of water. And when I first got into my sobriety program, going to meetings, I really felt out of place actually. Um, and then in the stroke community, I, again, I feel this, this slight sense of not belonging. And I think that that is because I don't look like I had a stroke. And I also have yet to be able to find somebody who experienced the same symptoms as me. So, um, in all of these situations, I could find an excuse not to belong. It's like I had a resistance to belonging without even knowing it. And I want to talk about how to establish that anchor. Um, no matter where you are, having that sense of belonging that you bring with you, <coughs> excuse me, bring with you wherever you go. And in my uh, meditation meeting this morning, we were listening to Tamara Levitt on Calm, and she was talking about the normal meditation where you're focusing on your breath and uh, keep coming back to the breath, uh, if your mind like drifts off to, to something else and don't judge yourself for drifting off just observe and come back to the breath so the breath is your anchor and it it reminded me of as i was sitting there listening to her I was thinking about accepting things that we can't change um, for some reason. I was thinking about change. I was thinking about how no matter what happens in my life, I have an anchor and I want to try to explain what that is or at least what it makes me feel like. So. I believe that being aware of your thoughts and accepting them as character defects and all these other techniques that I learned in sobriety are techniques to be aware of my thoughts and, and instead of feeding negativity, uh, finding joy in all of my experiences and appreciation in something. 
you know, um, being around somebody that you don't like, being able to find appreciation in that person and growing a resilience um, to change. Uh, I don't know if it's resilience or acceptance, but it depends on how you look at it. Um, and, and another thing that I heard in this morning's meditation was Tamara said that, uh, she, she said a quote that, uh, she was talking about the seasons and how somebody told her that since she doesn't like the cold weather and stuff, somebody said to her, there is an eternal summer within you. And this notion also brought me back to this idea of establishing an anchor within our being. And that is actually our sense of belonging. So our perception of change is what makes a change good or bad. Um, for example, when we moved into this house um, and, and the kids moved out of the house that they grew up in, my perception of the change was good. My daughter's perception of the change was bad. Um, so it was, it was just a change, uh, period. It is, it is our mindset and how we choose to look at the change that makes it good or bad. And we choose that in the moment. We choose a short-term conclusion about whether the change is good or bad. We're unable to see the effect, the long-term effects of a change. So I try to allow myself to be disciplined um, enough to pause and not contemplate the whether a change is good or bad before I know whether it's good or bad. I try to do that, but man, it is difficult because change is change and change is hard. Um, but being disciplined in this is a way of allowing life to happen and not resisting. And this is, for me, part of my anchor. Um, it gives me a sense of comfort to just be. So it's like uh, the foundation of discipline we hope to instill in our kids so that no matter where they are, they establish an anchor of being. And 
there's a healthy way of being anchored to home and mom, and there is an unhealthy way of being anchored to home and mom. And I was thinking today about that memory I have that I that I always talk about uh, when I was sitting with my Persian cat when I was younger and whether or not I felt a sense of belonging because in that moment that I was sitting there talking to my cat um, I was alone in the house other than with the cat and I was scared of noises in the house but with that being said it's a moment that I think about that anchors me to who I am I'm ever since I went to a therapist and I am and I thought of this memory it has become an anchor to who I am and when I bring that memory with me, I feel like I belong wherever I am. Because that sense of belonging from that memory alone, I can carry with me. It lives inside of me. So lots of people in, in, sobriety say that I walked into an AA meeting and I felt right away that I was at home. I felt like I belonged. And I did not feel that way. I did not walk into AA and feel, ah, I'm home. You know, I didn't feel that way. Um, Probably for the first four years of my sobriety, I did not feel some sort of unswaying confidence that I belonged in any of the meetings. And I went to a lot of different meetings. I knew I belonged in AA, but I wasn't confident that I belonged with the people that were in any particular meeting. And I was just beginning at this time to identify with Sober Rachel version 2.0. I was learning what I liked and what I disliked as a sober person and what type of sober people I enjoyed being around and those that I didn't enjoy being around. And it took time for me to explore sharing in, in each meeting and feeling whether I was understood or as I listened to others that I understood them. Every time I went to a meeting, it was, it was an a, internal experience, you know, um, I was trying to 
figure out, do we belong together? You know, do we understand each other? Are these my people? And in the beginning, in those first four years, there was always a sense of disconnect for me personally. Brene Brown, who is one of my favorite people, and I was introduced to her when I got sober, um, she said this, because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. So if I don't let people see me for who I really am, how is anyone possibly going to understand me? How will they know that I understand them if I don't show them? You know, I used to share in these meetings in the first four years, especially in the first year, I would share and I was trembling from the inside out, from my head to my toes. I was trembling. And quite often, almost every time I shared, I was crying. So I was obviously showing my authentic, imperfect self, but I still felt like I didn't belong. And why? Why was that? I felt, I had a feeling of being judged. Why would that be? You know, I'm in a room full of sober people just trying to stay sober and live a joyful life. Why would I sit in there and think that they're judging me? Could it be because I was judging them? So just stick that in your back pocket for a minute and then I'll get back to that. So since the days of Abraham Maslow, who is the one who uh, had the hierarchy of needs that I talk about in earlier episodes, since, uh, since he was saying that belonging is a basic human need, researchers today continue to understand the value of connectedness. And it fuels our other basic needs. So on the hierarchy of needs, um, belonging is on the third shelf. So there's your physiological needs, and then the next is your security and safety, I think is what it is, uh, on the second shelf. And then it has love and belonging. So researchers now believe that a sense of belonging actually feeds our basic needs as human beings, the physiological safety and security and health and drive for survival. Our sense of belonging, though, is cultivated within us. It's our ability to draw relationships between what we feel and understand inside of us 
to that which we are experiencing around us. I believe that there's a legitimate reason why I did not feel like I belonged for those first four years when I walked into AA. All I could see when I looked inward was self-judgment. So I was drawing that connection directly from how I felt about myself to how I felt about others around me and how they felt about me. I couldn't cultivate belonging without first feeling like I belonged in my own skin. I had no self-acceptance, as Brene Brown suggests. I was terrified of everything. I could barely meet my own basic needs. I was malnourished, underweight, I was severely dehydrated, I was sleep deprived, I isolated myself, I was lying to people, hiding my drinking, and I no longer prioritized my health, my employment, my family, and my role in society and at home. What came first for me aligned with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. My basic needs of physiological safety and security needs had to be met before I was open enough and willing to cultivate a sense of belonging. And if I sit back and really think about how did I feel in those first meetings? What was I doing to take care of myself? Was I meeting with my sponsor frequently? Was I eating um, nutritionally? Because when I remember back then going from just absolutely you know, a picture of death, not a picture of health, a picture of death, how could I possibly think that I belonged somewhere? I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I didn't even know how to survive. So how am I going to feel like I belong? And so it took several years for me to get that nutrients back in my body and begin to grow physiologically, have a sense of security and reprioritize those people, places and things in my life that should have been a priority. And I remember when I finally had this willingness to belong I remember it distinctly. I decided, I made a choice one day that after work, I was going to go to a different meeting. And this was an all women's meeting and it was on Thursday evenings at 530. 
And I walked into that meeting and I saw kind faces. And I saw people like me. And I remember thinking, maybe I can belong here. Maybe I can fit in here. And that's exactly what I did. That was the beginning of my sense of belonging. I even found a new sponsor there also. So you see, it didn't matter where I was physically. What mattered is where I was mentally. It was when I started looking for a place to belong rather than checking off all the places that I didn't, didn't belong, where I couldn't relate, where I was judging because I felt judged, that I finally walked right in to a comfortable place inside of me. I walked right in to a comfortable place inside the world. I found my place, but it was all in my heart and in my head. That's where the sense of belonging was. It didn't matter who was standing in that room that day. I had made a choice that I was ready to belong somewhere. Today, I bring this sense of belonging everywhere I go. I don't feel like I belong in a place with, with a certain group of people. I feel like I belong here in the world. And I didn't feel that way for the first half of my life until I was 42. I made a choice that I was finally going to belong. It was a choice all along. So how do you work towards choosing to belong? For me, it took the steps of AA. That's what it took for me. And the steps of AA teach me a lot about myself, getting to know myself, getting to know my fears. A lot of what was blocking me from having a sense of belonging was fear. And as I practiced the steps with my sponsor and I went to meetings and I just kept listening and I started being able to relate to people, uh, relate in instead of relating out, I began to learn about myself. And over time, this idea of mindfulness started to make sense to me. I started to be able to slow down and connect to something inside of me. Again, that that image I have in my head of me as a little girl, 
that is one of the somethings that I connect to inside of me. An anchor, whether that's your breath or, like me, a thought. It's just the beginning. So connecting with yourself, accepting yourself, and all of your imperfections. I talked about imperfections a couple days ago. And once you can start accepting yourself and your imperfections, you'll begin to better accept the imperfections of others. And I think that's what was blocking me. I couldn't get past my own imperfections and accept them in order to accept everybody else's right to be human, you know, and imperfect. So here are a few suggestions for getting mindful, getting in touch with yourself, getting connected with yourself. Um, the first thing I have is meditate and I just so happened to spend a beautiful evening by myself uh, tonight. I did I lit a bunch of candles and I did yoga by candlelight and then I actually sat and meditated. Um, in silence with the candles and it's really amazing what you can discover about yourself when you're just sitting with yourself and in, in quiet without any sounds without any distractions it really is interesting um so meditation when i used to go to the Friday meditation meeting uh, at 530 um, on my way home from work. This was also a cool way of meditating and that is that uh, it's like a community meditation. Like I sat in a room with a bunch of other people that I didn't know. Uh, you know, it, it was an AA meeting, but a bunch of people, we turned off the lights and we just sit there for 10 minutes in silence. And it's, it's interesting how I can have a sense of like belonging when I'm just quiet and I have my eyes closed and I can just hear that there are other people in the room. So anyway, that was kind of cool. So Try to meditate, have a group meditation. People have like book clubs. Why don't you have a meditation club where you get together and everybody just sits there in silence. That sounds pretty awesome. Number two, be gentle and kind with yourself and then mimic that behavior when you're out with other people, being gentle and kind with them. I've mentioned before that I discovered at one point in my career that I'm more successful at getting what I want, getting what I need, and building 
strong relationships, if I'm nicer than I think sounds natural. So I tried, I just tried it once. I tried to come across much more animated and nicer than I felt was normal for my personality. And the person just reacted so positively when I did that, that I thought, huh, maybe there's something here. And so I started making it a regular thing and it started actually becoming a habit that I would become a lot more um, positive and animated and kind to people than I really felt like being, honestly. But I believe that I built stronger relationships that way and had more success in my career that way. And number three, I like this one. I learned this somewhere. I don't know where, but the, it was years ago. Go stand in the grass outside with your shoes off, with barefooted, for five minutes. That's it. Just go stand in the grass. You don't, doesn't matter what you do. Just stand in the grass, wiggle your toes for five minutes. You can walk around, whatever. Just keep your feet connected to the earth. There is something that happens. There is some sort of connectedness and sense of belonging. It's an anchor. It is some sort of like anchor to the earth that for me makes me feel comforted. So try it. So get to know yourself. Like yourself. I like me. And I don't think it's egotistical to say that. It's all about, I think that these philosophers and psychologists, whoever, have all come up with these fancy words like self-love, self-respect, self-acceptance, and those aren't fancy words, but they have other fancy words. <laughs> You're probably like, if that's fancy to her. Anyway, uh, but I just basically would say that I like myself. I enjoy hanging out with myself. I really do. And I didn't used to. I didn't used to enjoy hanging out with me. Um, I didn't hate myself, but uh, these days it's like a party inside Rachel's head. And, um, and I enjoy it. That's why I, I'm able to just sit here and have a conversation with a microphone for 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, this, this is how I created my sense of belonging that I can carry with me wherever I go. So thanks for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.